Welcome to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by KMT Partners. I'm Andrew Montesi. It is the final episode of our series on family business succession with Michael Fox, Managing Director of KMT Partners. We talk about the family office. What exactly is a family office and should every business have one? If you listen to this episode and want to know more, obviously continue to listen to the series, but you can go even deeper by reading Michael's family business succession paper titled Riches to Rags in Three Generations. There's a direct link in the show notes for this episode, and you can also find the paper at the KMT website, kmtpartners.com.au. KMT is a leading accounting and wealth management advisory firm in South Australia, assisting you to emerge, renew, grow, and build resilience in business, themes which are central to this podcast series. For more information, visit kmtpartners.com.au. Enjoy this episode with Michael Fox. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Andrew. Now, in our final instalment in this series, we're talking about a family office. So, first of all, can you define it for us? What exactly is a family office? A family office is informally a group of external service providers who try to meet and facilitate the aspirations of a family-controlled enterprise, both within the business, uh, the individual family members, and for the whole family as a conglomerate. Those people bring their own perspective and wealth. So what families with sustainable capacity have done is gone and brought expertise in-house that are aligned with their values, vision and mission. And so those lawyers, accountants, etc., work within a probably equivalent of a professional services firm focus solely on providing anything that that family probably legally desires. Okay. So what is the, what's the purpose of it from a family business perspective? At what point do family businesses typically think, okay, we need to, to bring in our, our team? Um, in the marketplace right now, there's probably two distinct markets. There are professional service firms who provide elements of that, for what I call modest wealth, and then there's those who can really afford it. So those people then go and set up a internal capacity to make investment decisions where they have very deliberately taken some of the profits and rewards of the dividend stream and re- decide to reinvest those in things for the family. So instead of 10 family members making 10 separate investments of $100,000, they'll go and take a million dollars and use that to go and build a proper industrial building site. So they will make strategic decisions. Those strategic decisions will be aligned to what their strategy is. They will control it. And in some senses, in terms of the more contemporary generations, those investments also carry a fair bit of social and community aspirations. Okay. So what's the criteria for establishing a family office? Like, typically, how big are these family businesses? Like, like, who does this fit for? Um, not the average man, in a reverse definition. You need to have a sustainable, significant asset base and probably a continuous stream of good dividend flow from the business because, candidly, by the time you go and employ a series of professionals... It's not going to be cheap. 
you're going to have to go and set up office space, facilities what is an essential, a mini version of a combination between a financial planning practice, an accounting practice, a bank, and a loyal firm. Now, if you bring those diverse, talented individuals together, for them to not work for themselves, to not work for another external service provider or to work for you, you've got to be offering something, and hence your costs are not insignificant. Mm. So just to clarify the typical team, so it's what lawyers, uh, lawyer, accountant, financial, financial planner, yeah, and so, and there's also... Uh, the personal assistant, because uh, if you are able to access some of the conversations I've had over the last 12 months where some European old families have come to Adelaide and talked about their investment philosophies for their family office, one of the things that became very clear very quickly is not just is there the professional team, but there is also a matter of a concierge service almost that uh, if mum and dad are running around like crazy, if it isn't the family tree, then there's the home support to make sure the kids are picked up from school, the cars at the airport when you need it, till the tickets for the theatre are available on Saturday night. Mm. So the extent to which um, families come to rely on what is their own Look, hotel concierge service mm. becomes extravagantly significant. Mm. So what does a successful family office look like? Uh, look, it's usually got a driver from the mission, vision and values of the family. It's, in essence, aimed to support the family's aspirations, so it usually has a board representative of the family. It may even have its strategic key management team amongst the family. In fact, in some of the larger family office relationships, which are now sometimes hundreds of years old, there are now two elements of the family. There is a family that has gone into the professional management of the family wealth, and there is the other element of the family that's gone in to the family business to ensure its continuity and success. They may have come from being cousins or even brother and sister, and gone in diverse directions. So in that context, yes, it's it's a matter of, and underneath that you employ what you need in a complex multinational world. Mm. So on the flip side, I mean, you've mentioned costs as a detraction from setting up a, a family office. What are some of the other reasons why you wouldn't want to go down this path? Well, basically, perhaps it's just all too hard. Um Many of our families now, even from being located in Adelaide, are multi-country, multi-time zone, multicultural. So for you to have a suburban office in Kent Town controlling the family wealth when a daughter and a son live in London and New York and that office is making decisions about investing around the world, well, probably if they're moving in some astute circles in each of those other cities in the world, they know a lot more about global trends and all the rest of little old Adelaide in some areas. So the physical location can become an issue. Um, it's also a matter of 
when you try to look at what you have to cope with, can the family pull together the expertise of a multinational professional advisory firm? The laws of contract in, say, the subcontinent, the Middle East, North America, South America and London, sometimes they have common law in sound foundational relationships, other times it's by statute. Other times you have things like some countries have religious biased and based systems around their society. So how are you, as somebody, say, sitting in a city in Adelaide, going to deal with and understand and cope with the nuances and subtleties that must evolve in each of those influences? Mm. So what does a exit or a business sale mean for a family office? What role do they play? The family office, if you start looking at some of those that exist in Sydney and Melbourne now amongst some very successful, even post-World War II migration families, those family offices have actually got another element. They're actually seeding up the opportunities of the next generation and perhaps creating entrepreneurial next generations and being the seed capital for the family to create the next generation of wealth. Why are they doing that? Well, the younger generation has aspirations. They might even have talent and opportunity in front of them, which the older generation may just get their heads around. But for that family's wealth to sustain itself in its current contemporary value and capability, those grandchildren or nephews and nieces need to be carefully fostered supported and also occasionally having the rug pulled out from underneath and when things aren't going awry. So there's a whole pile of those sorts of things where there is an element of Australia being reinvented through the aspirations and achievement of a post-World War II migration business that's been ultra successful, having a family office, creating the next generation of businesses which will see the sustainability of our economy. Mm. Well, Michael, it's been a fascinating series. We've covered a lot of topics very quickly. I'm sure there will be people listening who have questions. <laughs> how, do, how do people get in touch? How do they find out more? What's the next step? Look, um, it's a matter of a conversation with somebody who's got a significant background in this area. It's having this conversation, a representative of decades of playing around with things in terms of dealing with face-to-face scenarios with clients, having a virtual relationship with lawyers, uh, other accountants, even psychologists, because one of the things we didn't really hit on was sometimes one of the family members does have a problem and certain medical professions are needed to either help with those problems or undo the damages of sibling rivalry. Mm. So have a look at us on our website. Love to have a conversation if there's something that's concerning you. Thanks very much, Michael. Want to know more about family business succession? Check out the episode notes or the KMT blog to download Michael's in-depth paper covering many of the tips and traps in family business succession. And don't forget to subscribe to Ahead of the Game, a podcast brought to you by KMT Partners. KMT is a leading accounting and wealth management advisory firm in South Australia, 
assisting you to emerge, renew, grow, and build resilience in business, themes which are central to this podcast series. For more information or to get advice, visit kmtpartners.com.au.